0: Uh, my name is Nelson Hoover. My wife, Karen, been married for 26 years. Uh, we have four children. And the oldest two are boys, Drew, and he is married to his wife, Rihanna. Uh, and they surprised us. They've been married for a couple of years. So I, I should preface this a bit. Um, there's a lot going on in our lives right now, uh, and it's exciting. Um, but it seems like everything comes at one time. Maybe you've experienced that as well. Uh, they they came the other night and they said that they are uh, they're going to make us grandparents. Um, so uh, there was that moment of excitement and then the thought of being a grandpa. It felt a little ahead of my time, but uh, I am excited. I'm excited for that piece of it. And then they came about two weeks later and said they're not going to make us grandpa once, but twice. Um, so. Uh, so there's twins there. we are going to so we're gonna we're gonna get a quick start with that my second son's name is Christian and In two weeks, uh, he'll be getting married um, So that's uh, right kind of right in front of us um, And then we have two daughters who are with us here. Um, you will probably meet them over the weekend Meredith and Ava um, so that is That is our family um, We I was born in Pennsylvania and my wife in Ohio um, and different things but i don't want to bore you uh, with a lot of the details of our personal journey you're not here to learn about me more about me but about jesus tonight but i want to uh, maybe give you a bit of the spiritual journey as well in 2009 uh, we felt like god had called us to new horizons ministries in canyon city colorado and it, w- it felt really good because it was the first time um in my wife and i's life specifically for me that we felt that we had heard clearly from the Lord. All of us want to do what the Lord wants us to do. Sometimes, um, sometimes we don't want it maybe enough. But sometimes it feels like we have a hard time. You know, we wish that He would write it in the sky for us, or uh, it, we wish it would be clearer because we desire to do that. But sometimes it's hard to um, to know what that is. So we felt like that was a very clear leading of the Lord. Um, so we followed Him, and we've been in Canyon City. Uh, with we were with New Horizons Ministries for five years, uh, and then felt like the Lord was leading us away from there, but to stay in the community. So, uh, a month after we left New Horizons, we we thought we were going to have a bit of a a time to focus on family and other things. Um, God called myself and my wife to the leadership of the church there. So um, it was in God's timing and in His plan. Uh, we thought a little break would have been okay, uh, but. It, but he didn't see it as much that way. So as raised in a, in a conservative Mennonite home and a conservative Mennonite church, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, one thing you won't hear from me this weekend is that I in any way despise my Anabaptist heritage. I'm very grateful for that heritage. Um, it, it is not perfect, and we have things that we can grow in, but I love, I love the home that I was raised in. Um, and in that setting learned a lot about the scripture and about the Bible. We had a lot of church. Um, we had church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, uh, I think every week uh, throughout, the, throughout the month. Um, and that taught me a lot about the Bible. Um, and it, it wasn't until, and this is not negative to that setting, but it wasn't until in our mid-30s, uh, we began to attend a church in Holmes County, Ohio, where there was a pastor there that taught me what it looked like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That was the next that was another step in my journey and I'm very grateful for that because there's a difference of knowing what this journey looks like. It's a difference it's different than knowing the king and knowing that every day we can walk with him uh, as we as we walk off that journey. So that is um, I'm sure throughout the weekend we'll have some conversations. Uh, I, first of all, I want to bless you as a church um, for, for doing this type of thing. It was interesting, uh, Javen doesn't know this, but the passage of scripture that he read was the sermon that I preached on Sunday at our church, and the title of the message was called A Community of Believers, Refreshing and Revitalizing, and you guys are living that out. Um, that's, that's what a community of believers is. There's so much involved in being part of the body of Christ. Uh, and we don't always take advantage of the things that make it full of life for us. So that um, when you read out of Hebrews, David, it was it kind of was exciting, Hebrews chapter 10. And again, um, so I, I do pastor at Skyline Mennonite Church. I'm one of uh, four on the leadership team. Um, I want to bless you as a church for your reputation. And I, I, when I say this, I feel... I'm not Paul, but I love the letters when he opens those to the different churches. And this is kind of, it almost feels like this is a little bit something that he would have said, but I have heard and I have experienced um, your faithfulness over multiple generations. This little church here uh, of, at Woodlawn I know has blessed many communities with, with believers that are being sent out um, for voluntary service, for ministry-type things. And in discussing with Arlen, uh, Arlen Miller with New Horizons Ministries, I know some of you would know him. He said, ever since I can remember, Woodlawn has kind of had that. Re-. He said, I always know that about Woodlawn. There's, a, there's this, this church, home church here, but things happen out of here, and you bless other communities by the people that you send out. And I, I want to bless you with that. That's a tremendous um, reputation to have. So thank you for doing that. We at, at New Horizons Ministries have, blend, uh, have been blessed um, in fact, we we still have some couples there, and I'm sorry, Steve, we really don't want Vincent and Carmen to go anywhere, um, so we're going to keep them as long as we can. Um, they're a blessing to have there. So that is a little bit, hopefully that gives you, um, lets you know a little bit about our family as we go into this weekend. So I, I said already that I was excited to be here, it's not because I have uh, any Special gift in speaking, I don't feel um, other than the Holy Spirit within me. So we're gonna we're gonna rely on that. We're gonna trust that. I will say um, because we're talking about primarily about spiritual gifts this weekend. My teaching style, my um, presentation style, is not one of a teacher. my My gift is not. My primary gift is not teaching. It's exhortation, uh, as well as some other things. So you'll notice uh, I'll look at my my iPad occasionally um, but exhortation means that the biggest blessing of feeling completed is when you see a lifestyle change in someone when you encourage something you share something and you see that it makes a difference and they live differently afterwards I won't necessarily get to see maybe much of that this weekend a teacher on the other hand um, will have a well-prepared outline uh, will be very detailed in how he presents those things and, and a lot of times when he has finished going over his material well, he feels completed. He feels that he has done his job as a teacher. And that's correct. He has done his job as a teacher. And that, that is a blessed piece of the body of Christ. So uh, just a fair warning. If you're a teacher here, um, your connectedness and detail, you might get a little frustrated and feel like i jump around. So I guess live a little bit on the wild side this weekend and, and be, be ready to, to jump around just a bit. So tonight... I want to talk to you first about the body of uh, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. In, in my growing up years, um, like I said, I was very well knowledgeable of the Bible. And while I was grateful with that, some of the relational piece of it or fully understanding the kingdom of Jesus Christ, I didn't. See, we have this, we, we have this um, way as humans or religious people that uh ever since the garden of eden when 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 eve first partook of the fruit and gave it to adam it was the tree of knowledge of good and evil and and since that day as part of the curse we tend to want to divide things into things that are right and wrong or good and bad or evil and righteous and in the kingdom of god Sometimes, at least I grew up having this understanding that if I I do more good things than bad things or righteous things than evil things, and I name the name of Jesus Christ and say that I believe in him, that I'll be saved, that's true. But the kingdom of Jesus Christ is so much more than that. It is so it's so much it it involves every detail of our lives and and when we have that belief system, we tend to want to abide by kind of that framework and that structure, and we don't always know how to bring it into our work in our work setting because this is my job I'm here to get a job done and if you were if you're like me and you were raised with a good a good solid biblical work ethic or an Anabaptist work ethic, that's important. I was taught how to do that, my dad encouraged that in me, but when I'm in that world it's hard to focus on how does this connect to the fact that I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. What, is, what does that look like on Monday when I'm at the job, and how does his kingdom play into all of that? It's not just following the rules. So when I, when I, think, of, um, when I think of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, I want to just take a couple, couple different aspects of that and talk about them tonight, and maybe just see how detailed our king when, he designed, when our Heavenly Father designed this and he placed Jesus Christ as a head over all of that, what that looks like and what that encompasses and then, and then in, the, in the physical world first, but then as it moves into even the, the, thing, the emotions that we feel, the way that he designed our bodies for that, and most importantly, into the spiritual side of things. So a few weeks ago when, um, when my daughter-in-law and my son came, and and I'm gonna share a bit of a story that happened to us at the beginning of this week. Um, Thanks to to social media, probably at least some of you already know that, Um, but I think it may be easier just to get it out in the open now. Uh, But a couple weeks ago when they came and they they showed us this ultrasound, um, and we wanted to say, well, thank you. We were excited for it, obviously. It's gonna be grandparents, um, but they said, no, no, keep flipping down, and we kept kept flipping to the bottom of it and in the same ultrasound then there was two um, two sacs there in the womb that we finally registered that there's twins in there it began to pique my interest just a little bit so I began to study what that and I asked her like man how they, they look really small and she's yeah they are they are really small they're roughly the size of a, of a pea but you could still see it in the in the in the womb there so I, I began to study that and it I've found out, and maybe knew some of this, and many of you probably already do, that the heart at six weeks old in the womb already begins to beat when it's roughly the size of a pea. Not the heart, the baby. The baby is the size of a pea. That heart, you can already, it already begins to beat, and you can pick it up and you can hear it on the ultrasound when it's that small. So I, you'll maybe discover throughout, I like numbers. I, li- I, like, to, I like to see when, when things add up. Or I like to let, let ourselves be wowed by that sometimes. So at that age, roughly the ultrasound, and they heard it, the ultrasound picked up the heartbeat about 175 beats every minute. Now who designs, who is lord of that? That, that heart that beats 175 times every minute, there's a king that allows that heart to continue it's not by accident because he is the creator and the sustainer of the, of the universe that we live in. So that heartbeat beats 175 times every minute. So roughly in an hour's time, that little heart, that tiny little heart beats over 10,000 times. And, and it's not hard to do the math to take that times 24. That's 252,000 times in a day. So Rihanna has twins in her womb. So every day inside of her, there's five hundred thousand heartbeats that happen by that tiny little heart. Probably couldn't even see it hardly, but that's that's the king. That's the kingdom of Jesus Christ that He's ordained. That's just one of the physical things. There's another thing that happens. So in before before that birth happens, from the time that heart starts beating around six seven weeks old till probably they get. Um, till she has those little babies, it'll those in her womb. There'll be almost a hundred million heartbeats that happen. So, so now my dad, my both my parents are living. Um, their health is not as good as it once, uh, as it once was. He's 83 years old. He's had a heart condition since he was 39 years old. But God has given him every day as he woke, every heartbeat. This happened. He's continued to give him another heartbeat and another heartbeat. He's had two heart attacks. He has vessels right now, that he has multiple vessels that are over 95% blocked, but God has continued to give him those, give him that life. At 83 years old, he has had over 3 billion heartbeats that God has continued to give him. He continues to happen. So that's our king, that's our creator. Another interesting fact, about the same time that that heart starts beating, that tiny little heart, at about the same size when that baby is roughly the size of a jelly bean, the eyes, the back of the eyes, begin to spout optic nerves. And I don't know if you know it or not, but for, for you to see something, as you're looking up here and you, and you just see me moving around, every movement, everything that you see, it takes roughly two million nerve fibers to transfer that information to your brain, and then it turns it upside down because your eyes see everything upside down. It turns it upside down and you can actually see what's happening. So about, that, about six, seven weeks old, there is a million optic nerve fibers that begin to grow from the back of the eyeball in this tiny little baby towards the brain. At the same time, on the brain, there grows off the other end of this optic nerve fibers, a million different parts, and they begin to grow together. Over time, as that happens, each one of those has to meet up exactly with the nerve fibers to give you sight. It's not by accident. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but how many of you have ever hooked a jumper cable up backwards? You've hooked the positive to negative, and the sparks flew a little bit away. That's just two. There's a posit- All you have to do is get the, the positive on the red, the negative on the black, and you have to do it on both ends. And if you, if you want to hear a good story, I'd be happy to share one. Uh, I don't want to... I don't want to discourage that, and it involves my wife, so I'll, I'll be a little bit private about that. But in that process, a million optic nerves grow towards each other, and God ordained that. And they find each other, and they grow together. And maybe you didn't know this as well, but when a baby is in the womb, the eyelids are just one piece. It's not two. They don't, they don't blink. I don't remember exactly the time. I think it's roughly around the five-six month period. There's a miraculous um, tool of some sort that goes across the eyelid, and it separates the two eyelid to where it opens, and that child begins to be able to see light. They can see light through the womb. That's our Creator. That's the King that we. That's the Kingdom of Jesus Christ in the physical. We could talk about the trees. We could talk about the ocean. We could talk about the magnificent stars at night. Our King doesn't care any less about what happens to us. He cares much more about. Neither neither did he put any less design into. When we when we hear some of these things, it it sounds incredible and it is incredible. It's amazing what what these miracles of science that that Jesus continues to orchestrate over. I'm going to read just a couple verses, and you don't have to turn along with. um, You don't have to follow along if you if you would like. Now I'm just going to read some different verses throughout Scripture that talk about the King, the Father, and then also Jesus, who is Lord of, that that the Father has given all authority to, to rule in this universe. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse, chapter 9, verse 6 says, You are the Lord, you alone, you have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all that is within it and the seas, and all that is with them, and you preserve all of them. He gives that next heartbeat to you, to everyone here, only by the grace of God and by his design do you continue to breathe. Does your heart continue to beat with that? All the seas, and all that is in them, all the earth, you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. John chapter 1, verses 2 to 3. He was in the beginning, Jesus, our king, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 19. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. We talked a little bit about the, physical, the visible now we're going to talk about the invisible just here in a bit. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him, I love this, in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of the God was, was pleased to dwell. We talked about the physical. If you follow the gospel of Jesus Christ and his plan for salvation down through the Old Testament, a lot of times people will call it the scarlet thread. Um, and if you, Or if you look in Matthew at the genealogies, and you look at, at what, and many times we skip those things because you go right to the Christmas story. We like the story of the baby in the manger and Jesus coming. I'm beginning more and more to like to watch the progression of what our Heavenly Father planned out for us. Just like he plans that little baby from the the moment of conception all the way through childbirth and into a full-grown adult. Not only does he do the physical, he has planned when you made that journey. He had a specific spiritual plan for you every day of your life. Just like every day in that womb, something different happens. One One of Rihanna's favorite things to do is to look at what's normal for today. It's the 37th day. What usually happens on this day or what happens this week? And she sees the exciting thing that happens in that baby's life as it develops. God has a spiritual plan for you every day, every week when you wake up. He says, he's longing for you to check in with him and say, what do you have for me today? Jesus, lead my day. I want to be in that plan that you have through my full development until you come again. That's his spiritual plan for us but through the generations of the Old Testament into the New Testament you can watch how he preserved and protected his plan of salvation for mankind. And there's some crazy people in the genealogy how did Rahab get there? It it doesn't in in Jewish genealogy number 1 you never put a woman in. It didn't follow it didn't follow that that progression and for sure not one that was not a Jew and lived the lifestyle that she did but in God's plan, there's there's reason. God doesn't waste anything, He doesn't make any mistakes for this. So just like He has the perfect plan physically, and we can observe that and we can get excited about it, and we can be amazed by that. What we want to do as we look into um, this weekend, the spiritual gifts are just a piece of His plan for His spiritual kingdom. That the, the kingdom that He has, the piece that includes our spiritual lives. It's no less detailed than anything that he put into the physical creation. It's a beautiful thing. And that's what we're going to look at. So, so another something else to look at, the the coming of Jesus Christ. If you look at um, the prophecies that were throughout the Old Testament that pointed to Jesus' first coming, there's there's different um, there's a scale of what people say is considered a prophecy about his coming or, or if it's a bit vague or maybe it's not. So, so somewhere between 300 and a little over 600 prophecies about the coming of Jesus Christ. If we go with the conservative number and just say, well, let's just go with the one that everyone would agree is, is very, um, it's very sure that it's a prophecy about him. If you take just eight of those prophecies not 300, just take eight of those prophecies. Let's just say he was um, born a virgin, um, that he was born in Bethlehem, that he came, came out of Nazareth. If you, just, if you would just list eight of those, the probability that any one person could fulfill those, I, I, I believe that, I'm not sure if I have it here or not, but I believe the, it has 17 zeros behind it. That's just the, the mathematical probability that one person out of those hundreds of years, could fulfill just eight of those prophecies. Do you think that our Father, our King, is intricate in his design? you think he's sure? you think he brings all of those amazing things together? He does. It's beautiful. It's incredible. Interestingly enough, um, of the prophecies of his second coming, there's anywhere, and again, this is what people would call sure prophecies or maybe it's a little vague maybe it's maybe it's kind of talking about him or not there's 1800 prophecies about his second coming somewhere between three and six times as many prophecies about his second coming as his first coming you think that our father wants us to know you think he wants us to be sure that he's coming back again he is our king is coming back again the kingdom of heaven touches every areas of our lives the scene and the unseen, unseen. One of the verses that I read talked about the visible and the invisible. He is the Creator and Sustainer of all things. By Him, all things were made, and by Him, all things consist. Out of creation, out of His physical creation, mankind is the pinnacle of that. On on the week of creation, if you're a if you're a six-day creation um, believer in this in the Sure, six days of creation. On the sixth day, man was created. He is the pinnacle of 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 creation. Out of mankind, the church is the pinnacle of that. And, and Jesus said, "So when we look at when we look at how amazing um, His design, how how all encompassing the kingdom of heaven is, we are we are the pinnacle of that. And the church um, encompasses." the peak of that in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 he said I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not be able to withstand it if you would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 16 so just to give you a little bit of an outline um, this evening I wanted to give an introduction, uh, and some of you may say, "Oh, that, that's really interesting. Kind of cute. Spiritual gifts. Yeah, that's that's neat. It's kind of team-oriented. And um, is it really necessary? Um, wh- why should we spend a whole weekend just studying this?" I, I would I would say fairly strongly that this is part of the design for His Church, His intricate design that he's had for all of creation, he has a design for his church. This isn't all of the design, but this is a very intricate part of it. So let's study it. Let's see, see where this brings us to. I want to focus on that piece tonight. Tomorrow, um, before we leave this evening, um, the team will have a link that you'll be able to click onto and take a spiritual gifts test. How many of you have taken a spiritual gifts test in the past? Very good. How many of you have taken one recently? That's awesome. They do change some, as you as you grow and mature, and you get into different periods of life. God gives grace; He gives some of those things to you that you may not have had previously for something that you're in at that time. But so, you're welcome to take that love if you would. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk more about the individual gifts, uh, the, the, and there's different ways to break that out. Uh, but we're going to use um, a study that has 21 of those gifts, and I'll just give a brief. Uh, explanation of each one of those gifts so what I'd, I'd love for you to do t- maybe tonight after we go home or tomorrow in the morning if before you come back is to take that test it'll get emailed right back to you um, in, a, in a quick time it'll have your top five according to how you answer those questions and then if you'd like to on that same site you can go um, and you can look specifically for an explanation of what that say a gift of administration um, or Whatever, whatever that gift may be, it'll give you a brief, administra- uh, brief definition of that. You can read that, and we're, gonna, we're just gonna go over some of that tomorrow, uh, in the morning, and then in the evening. We're gonna look at how to bring, if you've identified those things in your life, say, man, I, I do recognize that, and I, yes, I do get a sense of fulfillment when I get to serve someone, or, or whatever it might be. When you, when you recognize those, then, and this is where the rubber meets the road, spiritual gifts is a nice thing to talk about. Um, until you get to live with somebody that has a gift that's opposite of what you are. And boy, are they frustrating. Every every idea that you have, they have the opposite one. Everything you get excited about, they're like, uh, I don't know, it's not, not so much fun. That's where the rubber meets the road and when you begin to bring that together, sometimes you'll see that in your marriage. Um, actually, you have a good marriage if you have that. I'll, I'll just tell you that, even if there's some tough times, God doesn't bring people together by accident. He brings them together for a purpose because you're better together than you were before. So those are some of the things. And then Sunday morning, um, Lord willing, we're going to talk about unity and love. So tonight, I have to say, um, this passage of Scripture is probably my favorite. I'll probably make a few comments on this um, when when we're finished with this, and then we may talk about this passage some more Uh, in the coming sessions. Ephesians chapter 4 Well, if I can get it to come up. If you're thinking, uh, if you'd bring a real Bible to church, uh, you could read it. It's okay. I bless you for thinking that. (laughs) Well, it was up a minute ago. Okay. I will read it on my other Bible. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to read verses 1 through um, 16. Now one of the things I want you to make special note of, the whole weekend when we study, when we look at spiritual gifts, the point of is that is God specifically in his omniscience. That's all-knowing, right, Steve? I think. In his omniscience, knew what you needed. He knew the the body that you were going to be part of. He knew the body of believers. He knew what he had called you to and the gifts that you would need to complement that body. But they're different. And we're going to talk about that. But interestingly enough, Paul and the biblical authors that talked about the different giftings always start with a common theme they always open up with a common theme and you're going to notice that in the first couple of verses here and i think it's very beautiful because paul was very aware of how different us as humans are and he wanted to preface that here you will always see it talks about one body one spirit one baptism one god and father of all one 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 we're one collective body but in that body he made us differently, and that's exciting. It's not always fun, but I think it's interesting in 1 Corinthians, which we'll read tomorrow, he starts with the same thing. He says, he talks about one, and then he ends with, after it's all finished, and this is what we'll touch on Sunday morning, he said, so we, you have all these gifts, and you should desire the, the best gift, but ov- the overriding principle of all of that is that you have to love each other. He's going back to what he says at the beginning: "We're one body." Don't try to see. He knows that the enemy is going to try to take all these differences, especially in the church. He wants to separate all of our di- differences outside of the church, but especially in the church, because that's what that's what he needs to get rid of. That's what that's what Jesus said: If you guys do this right, the gates of hell will not stand against you. It will not withstand you when you go into the world and you you show that to the world. The enemy the enemy has to The enemy falls apart. The gates of hell will not stand against this. So here we go. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. If you don't finish reading that feeling like we are to be one, you kind of missed it. But grace, here we go into now, he starts to sp- spread into some of the differences. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 7 says, but the grace was given to us. Grace in this sense is the empowering sense. He's given us the power. He's given us um, the courage, the strength, um, the victory. Grace was given us according to the measure of Christ's gift. The gifts that Jesus Christ gave to us are attributes of him. When Jesus walked this earth, he perfectly represented all of himself. What he said sometimes was too hard for people to follow after at one point in his ministry after he was done preaching he looked up and he said the crowds are gone where did where did everybody go he says disciples do you do you want to leave too they said oh no we know who you are you're the christ the son of the living god you bring life but outside of that until it hit something where it required people to submit and give up of their own life jesus was highly attractive People came to, and, and, and Isaiah is very clear that it wasn't a physical attraction. He was, it says he was not this handsome, good-looking guy that people just wanted to hang around. It was his spirit. It was him as fully representing the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Our king came and he fully represented all of that. When he ascended and went to heaven, what he did, he took pieces of himself and he dispersed it to his church, to all of us. So try as we might, none of you represent Jesus Christ fully. We don't. He didn't design it that way. He didn't design his body that way. He designed it to be a body, a community of believers that came together. And he said, when you do this, when I build my church, when I bring all this together, hell doesn't have a chance. But it's by offering the things that he's given to us, the the gift of administration that he's given to one of you, the gift of mercy that he's given to one of you, the gift of discernment that he's given to one of you. As we we bring those together, look what happens. It's beautiful. In verse 10, uh, verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers... Here's what happens when you bring all that together. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, this church that the gates of hell will not stand against, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. That means the gift in you, when I don't eliminate myself from you because you you, you're hard to get along with in church. When I don't push you to side, when I do life with you, I begin to understand you and the way that Christ works in you, I begin to understand more about Jesus Christ. It says, that, Come to the fullness, um, to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. I begin to learn more about Him. To mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ. The, the more that we bring this together, the body, the more that we represent the entirety of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? It's not human. And I, I'll just tell you right up front, it's not even American. I'm sorry, it's not. I love the country we live in, but this is not American. Indep- the independent spirit that birthed the United States of America does not fit in this passage. If, if, you, you're, if you're very patriotic, God bless you in that. I, I'm not against that. But the submission to one another doesn't support the independent spirit that um, we even fought for independence for. To measure the stature of the fullness of Christ, and here's what happened we begin to strengthen each other in this so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, different thought processes, different doctrines. You might even, in the last several years, you might even throw in conspiracy theories in there. Um, Carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, the gift of discernment, it would be quick to help the body pick that out. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. Christ, who represented all of these gifts perfectly, As we grow together, it says the body builds itself up in love. You can say that that sounds maybe a little humanistic or whatever. It's not because Jesus, only through his power and by his ordination, ordained his body to work this way. It's his plan, not ours. It's not me that can do it. I'm just falling into line with his plan. He says when you bring all of this together, the body builds itself up and it begins more and more to look like the head who is Jesus Christ, and represents all of these gifts perfectly. Isn't that beautiful? From whom it grows up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Amen. I pray that God would bless the reading of the word. So, as I said this evening, uh, Meredith, if you want to come up, we're going to go into some time of worship together. My goal for tonight was just simply to share his beautiful plan, the kingdom of Jesus Christ that we get to be part of, not just in the physical world. The world outside of the church gets to enjoy creation. And as sci- it's really interesting, as science goes deeper and deeper and continues to make more and more discoveries about creation, I think God just chuckles sometimes. It's been hidden there for millennia, and we just discovered it. The world can see that. We get to be part of a greater plan for our spiritual life and his church. That's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we get to fit into the pieces of that puzzle and say, Jesus, what is... So when I wake up in the morning, I can have a head knowledge of something, but what I want to say is, Holy Spirit, lead me today in what you would have for me. I know that you've prepared me. I don't even know what you've prepared me for yet. You do, before the foundations of the world. As I was being formed in my mother's womb, as those 175 beats every minute happen, God is knitting together things. As he's being knit together, he knows the plans that those children have. For all of all of time, that's what we get to be part of. So as we tomorrow spend a bit of time on, um, this is this is interesting. And I and I should say, let me let me just give one example before we uh, before we spend a little bit of time worshiping this King together. Some of the things that I'll share this weekend, it's not it's not. Sometimes we get these ideas that we kind of have. It works out in our mind. We think it's a good plan. This is the way it works. And we kind of feel like maybe that's the only way to do it. Well, I'll I'll just tell you right up front, you may hear some things, and you may have a little bit of difference with some of those things as we talk this weekend. That's okay, I I won't even be offended if you you feel differently about this. I would like to say more um, a few years ago as we were working on the one thrift store in Canyon City, um, there was a, uh, the city engineer came out because it was a blacktop parking lot, and right behind the parking lot is a river and he was concerned about the runoff, um, the chemicals that may come off the blacktop to, and, and going into the, into the river. And he said, we gotta do something about that. I said, well, what's the code? What, what should we do? He said, well, there's no code for it, it's best practice. So he said, here's the things that we would recommend. He said, I can't even tell you exactly what you have to do, but I wanna see what you, and so what we did was build a, a dirt berm all the way around um, all the way around the parking lot and only allowed the water to exit at one place into the river and then it was screened and then it went over some rocks before it went down in the river to help catch those contaminants. But the point I want to make is some things in the Christian life and I think as Anabaptists sometimes w- we want to know the right way. We want to do the right thing. I think like one of the churches in Revelation that that. John spoke about it. He says, you guys have done so well in determining, determining right and wrong. You've tested the prophets. You've tested all those things. And you got every detail just right. But somewhere in there, you got so concerned about that that you forgot what it was like to walk with Jesus. That's not the goal. So I'm, I'm just saying tonight, what, when I share those things, you might say they're, maybe they're considered best practice. We look into the Word of God and we do the best we can. To know what the kingdoms look like and to live that out but at the end of the day if it if it's a bit different than that or um, it's it may not be you can say well this is the first we've really studied this and we've been doing church for 50 years that's that's awesome it's not the maybe it's not the best way but as long as we're as you and I walk this journey every day we study the Word of God and we want to get more and more like the kingdom as we progress through with this Would you stand um, with us? You've been sitting for a bit. We're just going to sing some songs of worship together. Worship is um, one of the ways that I.